Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome back to another episode of The Noble and Bruce Show, hosted by Ball is Life. I'm your host, Bruce Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And today, all the way from the East Coast in New York, we have Miss Cassidy Hubbard joining us. Cassidy, thank you for your time. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, guys. We, we got the whole map covered. We right. jacked up. East, West, Central. Let's go. Got, got uh, West Coast, East Coast, the Midwest, the good old humble Midwest. Yeah. Um, so... And you got a coffee with you today, so I'm assuming you're wired up, ready to go. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to sleep tonight, but you know that's okay. <laughs> I had to get, I had to get it in the middle of the day. So, so how are things going with you? Just kind of checking in, like you know, life update. Everything all good? The season going well? The Bulls are doing decent. I'm sure that that's pleasing to you. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know what? I'm like, I was when I was in Cleveland. Um, I saw Zach Levine, obviously, and I was walking past him in the hallway. And, you know, I, I did an interview with him, um, last year during COVID was a zoom interview. And, um, you know, like I, I I revealed that obviously I grew up a bulls fan. And so it was great to see, you know, the team having some success again. And he just straight up called me out in the hallway. He goes, I know you're happy with how well we're doing. I go, I'm professional. Okay. I am (laughs) completely objective. Can you not call me out Zach? Um, so that's my answer to you <laughs> as well, it, but they are fun to watch. I have been, you know, watching a lot of Bulls games, the bar DeRozan, um, man, he is, uh, as, as Katie, you know, tweeted out, he's, he's, he, you know, he's doing the game, right? So I mean, look, th- sorry, Zach. I just wanted to say it. seeing DeMar kind of have this Renaissance in his career and yeah. maybe Renaissance is like overplaying it, but he hit that. I mean, he's 32. I am the same age as DeMar DeRozan. And so when you hit this age, you don't typically elevate like that. Right. Um, and to just have like an MVP caliber season, you know, breaking, I don't know, breaking or setting or, or tying records with MJ and Wilt mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like this. Like, I mean, it, it's really as a basketball fan, just purely as a basketball fan for me, it's incredible to see. And for the city of Chicago, it's awesome. I mean, you know, when we all grew up, MJ and the bulls were MJ and the bulls. Right. So for me personally, the NBA is just much more fun when the Bulls are good and the Knicks, but yep, yep, we're not getting the yeah, Knicks this what, season though. Last year was fun. <laughs> it was, it was until they got bounced in the first round, but uh, but it was fun, you know. So, hey, speak for yourself, Roosh. Um, I'm elevating in the 30s. Okay, uh, you may be going backwards. <laughs> right, me, but, same, um, 
Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm peaking in my 30s like two <laughs> don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Cassidy, so. and you're, you're on the better side of 35, which I'm not. So, you know, like enjoy, enjoy the 30, 32. Yeah, I'm, hey, the grays are popping though. though. Like the, the grays have been populating for a while, you know, in my hair, and but now they're popping up in the chest and in the beard, and it's like, oh god. Baruch, okay. With men though, the gray is like, you know, that's a thing. Right. Women, the gray hair. Like I've been, I've been dyeing my hair since I was like early twenty. It's genetic. <laughs> my brother is the same way, but like he's been rocking this George Clooney look, and it's been working for him. Right, the gray right. hair does not work for me. So, I like to. I like to call the gray hair wisdom. This is yeah. a little bit of wisdom, you know. Yeah, but, exactly. But on the flip be side of that, you don't have to dye your hair once a, once a month. But on the flip side of that, dyeing your hair, I mean, look, I'm not a I'm not a woman. I don't know, but I feel like it's more <laughs> societally acceptable and like, you know, just it's, it's something that we're used to. Whereas mm-hmm. men, like guys, we, you know, if, if I if I was to dye my hair, my boys would be like, "You dyeing your hair, bro?" You know? No. So. No. See, you know what? We got to stop that. We got to stop that. Like men should be allowed to um, dye their hair. They should be allowed to, if they feel like, you know, I've been seeing these things on TikToks where, on TikTok where guys have been getting, no, like basically weaves fine, whatever, wow. <laughs> you know, like, wow. if you it, like, or like a, uh, a wig, you know, glued or, or sewed on just like, I've women, seen that. if women can do it and it, it gives confidence to some men, I don't hey. think, I don't think men should be shamed if they feel that good about it. Thinking. Can you think of any NBA coaches that that do because Bill Self and Mike Krzyzewski come to mind. Like I right. guarantee, I, I know Bill wears a toupee, I believe. Um, and coach K, I mean, Hey, I know Joe Buck, is there. Joe Buck is had the thing where he was very open the about plugs. his earplugs. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. And then that like judge. almost, no, was that like, it was like life threatening or he also like it, it, it impacted his voice too. I forget. I forget the story. I, Something I very serious it. though. Yeah. It was like a very serious issue for him to some degree. But yeah. to your point, um, I am. It's weird because, like, when you're younger, you're like, "Oh my god, I don't want my hair to to turn gray." And now I'm like, "Shit, I look good," you know. I mean, you know? <laughs> All right, we're not here to talk about our hair, but uh, <laughs> with that said, the Chicago Bulls. I mean, they've been cooling off a bit. I mean, you've obviously um, been a part of the ride. I'm sure you're kind of like a little Timberwolves fan in that perspective. I mean, the last ten years. I mean, you're just appreciating the wins. I mean, yeah, you've had way more success than us. I don't mean to compare you to the worst franchise in the NBA, but I'm really feeling just any that's the Kings. That's the Kings. That sounds like the Kings have something to say about that. I'll take it. I'll take it. But I would disagree. Uh, (laughs) with with that said, are you where your expectations actually the Rockets and Magic have say something something to say about that right now, actually. Cassie, please do me a favor and watch yourself. I am a I am a Houstonian and a diehard rocket. You so. guys deserve about 10 years of hell to get, get on our level. Yeah, no, we're, we're in the dumps right now, but Jalen green is popping baby. Hey, we'll, we'll, hey we Filipino, Filipino. There you go. Yeah. But Zach, is, what were you saying about the T wolves? All right. Now is he the only, who are the other Filipinos in the league? Clarkson. That, there we go. Okay. I thought there was one more, but where, where are you at Spolstra, feeling wise? Filipino Jackson. Filipino Jackson. Oh. Eric Spolstra. Oh, Spo- oh, I didn't know Spo was Filipino. Yeah. I didn't know that. We're dropping all the knowledge today. There you go. <laughs> from from hair <laughs> to Filipino. 
This is the most random episode we've done this so far. But I'm continue, sorry. Zach. No, you I'm loving it. We'll go. We'll go everywhere. This venti is hitting. That's wherever the, the venti I'll, takes us. I'll shut up and let you ask a question. Chicago Bulls. Where Where are we feeling? Though? Are you just appreciating the wins and the the growth of this team, or um, were you expecting? expecting the world early on and then just uh, DeMar's MVP run and just wanting to go with it and just riding the, the highs of it because they can't beat a 500 team right now. They, I know that's the, that's the most that's everything. part about it. That is everything. Um, but I will say like, it is very evident what their issue is and it's defense. And it's kind of hard when you don't have your two best defenders on the court. Like, so there was just a report that Alex Caruso is expected back you know, soon, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sooner rather than later. And he was um, locked down to start the year. He was a big part of the reason why um, they were, you know, sitting at the top for the beginning of the year. And then even Lonzo ball, um, his defense underrated. So, you know, I think it's, it's glaring um, that they have severe defensive issues and they can't be good teams. Um, And so, you know, that doesn't bode well for, you know, feelings of championship hopes, but they're sitting in the four spot tied in, you know, the win column with the Sixers. Uh, do I trust them more than the bucks or, um, the Sixers right now? I mean, like the heat, I think are another team, um, to, to take seriously, but I, I, I ultimately, I, I wonder how they're going to, to fare against, um, the nets just given how we saw um katie and Kyrie play last night in and milwaukee but I, the east is just man a gauntlet so wide open I, yeah. it is and so like if the bulls become whole again and you just think about like what they're missing too patrick williams would be such a huge part of this team if you you know if he didn't get hurt at the beginning of the year um and helping out vooch big time so i just how do I feel about the bulls? It's they're exciting. Um, you know, you feel like they're building on something. Their chemistry is great. They young guys, um, you know, really give you something to look forward to seeing their growth. Uh, yeah. Like, is it disappointing that they keep dropping these games to good teams? Yes. But you know, they also have, um, beaten a lot of good teams. Um, you know, and in the fourth quarter and down to the wire, like they've shown resilience. So there's been a lot of layers to this team that, you know, is you, you can feel good about. First and foremost, I'll say this is the most fun. I think the East has been in a while, yeah. even, you know, for a while it was clearly LeBron heavy, top heavy. So it, there was really never a question as to who was coming out of the East. It was whatever team LeBron was on. Um, and even in some of those years, you had like the 60 win Hawks team or you'd have, you know, the, the DeRozan and Lowry Raptors, but they never felt real. You know, they never felt like real contenders. They felt like kind of fringe contenders, clearly because of LeBron. But this season, you got, you know, star power in the East. And I feel like anybody could get it. So um, to your point, they're missing the Bulls. They're missing Caruso and Lonzo, two excellent, not only D, but three, right? Three and D guys. So they, they kind of mm-hmm. spread the floor on one end of the court. And then they clamp down on the other end of the court and they get things moving in transition. So they provide, I think, invaluable value. Um, and then you mentioned the heat. I have the same concerns about the heat. Defensively, they're so good. And I think Kyle Lowry might be that kind of veteran, like, I don't know, engine or piece that can push them over the top that they've been missing in recent years. But they also kind of give me that that uh, sense of a team that might not have the elite shot creation that they're going to need at certain points in the playoffs. 
Um, and then I also feel like teams might be able to pack the paint against lineups that have, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, uh, PJ Tucker and uh, Bam yeah. out of bio. Right. right. So, right. so we'll see. I wanted to add, or did you have something to say? I feel like I cut you off. I just think, like, I, I think that they're such a deep team and what we've seen out of the heat is their ability. Like I think Eric Spolstra is my coach of the year so far because of how he's been able to, um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries and, you know, they're sitting at the top of the East right now. And they've gone through obviously their COVID issues as well. Um, but they still keep putting guys, um, and, and lineups out there that just, that just get the job done. And even just the, um, the vision to, to bring Tyler Hero off the bench and make him the sixth man of the year and the, how, how that kind of like keeps their rotations going to be successful in the plug and play aspect. I just, I, I have a lot of like faith in the, the, the individual pieces, but when it's all said and done, the, the East is just so talented top to bottom. Like can that team, can Jimmy Butler, um, you know, basically outduel Giannis can, can, you know, cause obviously he's going to be there. The guy who needs to get buckets down the stretch. So can he do that? I mean, we, we saw him, you know, like give it his all in the bubble, but you know, can, can he do that against a, a Giannis? Can he do that against a Joel? Can he do that against a, um, a Kevin Durant? And that's what we're looking at. I also wanted to um, say, in addition to the depth, depth is a, depth is a strength in the regular season. I feel like depth in the playoffs is a little bit overrated because rotations naturally yeah. narrow down. So we'll see how that plays, right? Teams that have like the Raptors, I feel like for years were deep and then it just didn't matter. But again, LeBron, depends, so we'll see. Depends how good that depth is. And also Miami could draw the Nets in that first round. And if I'm in the East, I do not want to see the Nets at all, right. period, especially when Ben Simmons comes back. But I wanted to use all of those, all of the depth and the, the, the strength of the East to kind of transition and ask you, are you buying the Sixers? Yeah, because I'm buying as far as what, like I'm buying Joel Embiid. I'm, I'm buying, I'm I, buying Joel Embiid, but we saw again, I'm, I'm a Houstonian. I'm a, I'm a big, big rockets guy. So we saw James Harden kind of do what James Harden tends to do in those moments that matter. And, and I was the guy pushing the opposite of that. One narrative. out of 82. Huh? I know. And one it, out of 82. Like he was five and, and it was going a very game. emotional game. And I think, I think, it was easier for the Nets to come in with a, a mindset of what they were prepared for. Like, um, you know, Kevin Durant is no stranger to returning to a place where he was going to get getting booed. And then, so if it almost felt like Kevin Durant was motivated, like by his own experience to kind of hush the crowds for Ben. And he understands he needs to get Ben mentally right. Like right now in covering the Nets, all they're saying, obviously, he, he's ramping back up. He hopes to get in full practice, like by the end of this week. Hopefully, you know, um, today they're practicing. I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, get going. And, and Nash likes to get guys who are returning at least three times up and down the court with, you know, five on five. So we'll see, like, as far as what the timing is, is when him coming back. But everything that the team has been saying is that they need to, they want to make sure they're getting to know the guy because they, I mean, we only have less than a month left of the regular season and they're going to need to figure out a way to gel. Like this is like, this isn't just like, this is shorter than a training camp. Um, and For so sure. I feel like that was such a pivotal bonding moment um, for Katie and 
Ben Simmons and Kyrie, which is super important for them to, to, to bond as well. And, um, and you saw it like all the reporters who were there before the game obviously came on TNT were saying about the Nets that they looked super focused and locked in even Patty Mills making the choice of warming up with, with Ben Simmons before the game. Like I, I, this is, this is just my guess. I would think that they, they all kind of came around Ben was like, you just, you need to get over this hump, like face it. And then it's over. You know, you, you may still get booed when you, you come back, but Patty Mills is the, you know, the fellow Aussie. He said, I'm, I'm going to be there for him whenever he needs me. And it was clear that like, they were trying to wrap their arms around him and, you know, build this bond over the, the hate that he was getting there. No, I loved everything you said there. And I, I truly believe it, like it was a bonding experience as a perfect way to put that. It's like these guys, even in the Charlotte game, they said, we got Ben's back. Um, they understood going into that environment, and it was just them basically protecting Ben, and their play went out and said it too. I mean, their actions spoke much louder than their words, and they just went out and got that win for him. And it's like, yeah, Harden's teammates didn't really do that for him either, but, I mean, Harden didn't really come out and play that hard either. The whole They just threw up a dud. It's one game. I don't really look at it much from the Sixers' perspective, but in Philly, um, I, I do think Ben Simmons fits seamlessly, but you're right. I mean, it's going to be like a 14 day training camp and they might only, even if he comes back a week or two before the season, it might be one game and without Kyrie and this guy has to have the ball in his hands a lot for him to be truly Ben Simmons, um, unless you're just going to use him on defense. So it's going to be interesting how they integrate him back into things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> I just, I can't buy an eighth seed, you know, like everybody's still putting the nets so far up there right now as being this top team in the East. And it, it's crazy. And especially after one game, I've never seen overreactions like that. I mean, I don't think it's an overreaction. I mean, they're, they, they had a really weird season, right? right but out, like Kyrie, the whole vaccination thing, Harden, unfortunately starting to dog it once he, once he decided he wanted out, you know, out of there and playing a little, you know, differently and then getting out of there. Um, they're still look Patty Mills. They still got Lamarcus Aldridge as like a you know, oh, I think Seth Curry, team, but it's just Seth like Curry Seth Curry pick up for them. Yeah, like Seth Curry was killing for the Sixers. They like they certainly miss his shooting. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I'm Milwaukee but, all the way. That's what I'm saying. And I put Philly Kevin Durant. Too and, yeah. Kevin Durant. Right. Watching Kevin best. Durant last night. He's the best player in the league. Like, and I'm not for one I'm not, game. I don't say that I don't say that for one game when he plays. He's incredible he's been injured so that matters okay That's but he's he back yeah he's not he's not supposed to win any awards but he i would i agree he's the right. best player in the game he was yeah. an mvp candidate before he got hurt absolutely and when the biggest thing about about like how he approached this injury talked a lot about like it was killing me watching how much we were sliding um and i was out and usually you know i like to get back out there to quiet the noise because that's how i that's how i can do it but he said i wanted to make sure i was 100 percent and like he returned, he played like 35 minutes, you know, like he's been like, he, he's, he looks healthy. So if you have a healthy Kevin Durant um, and if they're still in the eighth seed and you can kick off your first, you know, two series on the road with, <laughs> with Kyrie and who That's... knows what the heck is going on. Like with um, this mandate, like um, you live in New York. Do you have any inkling? I mean, I'm sure you get asked that all the time, but like, you I have mean, no idea. You're not in the mayor's no, wait, office. I, I, yeah. And it's, it's Are you lining hard. the pockets of New York politicians? 
now, but no, no, because I, I, mean, I do, I do to, I mean, to echo what Adam Silver said, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, even if you are on the side of the fact that you just like Kyrie Irving should be vaccinated. Okay. And if you're saying that, like, you were making the case that it's unfair for Kyrie to um, not abide by this, this mandate because he plays basketball. That that's fine, but now that the mandate is, is has changed for the general public, it's all. It almost feels like the people who are like on the side of we don't want to make an exception because he's a basketball player. You're now kind of making an exception because he's a basketball player for him to, you know, not like the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and it like I, I'm obviously I'm you know for vaccination, and I think that he should be vaccinated. But it, like when we're just making rules up that don't make a whole lot of sense, it feeds this the argument of of like people saying that it's theater. And I just I think we need to um, I like I, there needs to be some more clarity specifically around, um, you know, what what's going on with with Kyrie Irving, because every so like the Barclays Center sent out a um, a memo that everybody in Barclays doesn't need to be vaccinated more, doesn't need to be checked for, for vaccination. Um and that masks are optional. So you, basically the only area that <laughs> you need to be vaccinated is on the court, but the thousands of people around the, the um, court can be uh, oh, unvaccinated wow. and without masks. So it's just, it doesn't, Nothing it doesn't like make it. a lot of sense. Well, so I, but I have so, but I have no idea. The, the other thing that's kind of fucked up, unless I have this wrong. And if I do, please tell me, but um, I think the way I understand it, a visiting player that is not yeah. vaccinated can play. Right. <laughs> and that, that is the part that to me it just doesn't add up um but that aside we're actually factoring that's that in to, that's to like support you know acts who come in like yeah. for instance like if the barclays center like uh you want to have like a musical act come in and they're not Tourism, that kind of stuff yeah, right like, that, right yeah so but yeah. that being said um i do think it will it will be relevant if the nets draw the Raptors in the plan, because mm-hmm. as it's currently slated, uh, it's what, yeah. what looks, what looks likely to me is that the nets will finish eighth most likely. And the Raptors will most likely finish seventh subject to change. But if it doesn't, uh, Toronto's not lifting whatever they got going on. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. So it would be the first playing game, I think would be seven, eight, right. And the nets would then play the Raptors without Kyrie on the road. So that would be interesting. Um, and then however it plays out after that, I'm not sure, but, let me ask you, Cassidy, as of right now, who do you got coming out the East? I mean, if you if you had to, if I had to choose right now, um, Milwaukee, I guess, would be my choice. But again, it's it's going to be uh, such a tough out in in the East. And it's going to be such a fun, <laughs> fun playoffs. I cannot wait. I'm like, even looking to the play in like, you know, Hawks and LaMelo, even though he's kind of like, um, fallen off a little bit since all-star, but like the Hornets, like everybody, uh, the, the Cavs are surprising. Cavs. How about Boston? Yeah. Boston could make a push here. Well, Boston could honestly finish second. They, if they really get continue to get hot, you know? Absolutely. I and mean, their defense is legit. They have the best defense. Um, in the league right now and you know jason tatum oh sorry yeah yep with tice you liked what they did 
Yeah, I mean, I think it solidifies their and bench, Derek and then White. also Derek White, right? So, like, because they needed extra playmaking, facilitating, just extra guard play, right? They were kind of over relying on Marcus Smart to be like that starter piece, and then also continue to be like that bench plug, and it just kind of was was over overworked. And so, I think Derek White plugs in really nice. And then, I mean, Zach knows on this show. I'm a big Tatum guy, huge Tatum guy. Um, yeah. And he's showing you why he is Jason Tatum, right? So I would be, if I'm in the East, man, I'm scared about everybody. I don't want to play Cleveland if they get healthy. We'll see what happens with Jared Allen. I wouldn't want to play Boston. I wouldn't want to play the Nets. Um, <laughs> I don't want to like, play anybody right now. I play anybody. Look, man. I mean, it's it's bloodbath. But I will say with, with respect to Milwaukee, um, we'll see what happens. Do we have word on Brooke Lopez? I think Brooke Lopez's absence is, is important. Yeah, he is. He's absolutely important. I don't know, actually. Um, I haven't had a uh, Bucks game in a while, um, but he his availability is yeah, it is. It's huge for a oh, he's cleared to practice six days ago. So I'm not sure. So that means like he, he it looks like he's progressing towards being available for the playoffs. Yeah, CBS um, says March 20th. So we'll we'll see on that deadline. I mean. Looks like it's been all over the place and been pushed back multiple times. So, I mean, if he does come back, it then all of a sudden lets you use Ibaka in like a matchup specific type role where he could actually be useful. Um, Ibaka's kind of had some some difficulties over the last year or two, um, and he can't replace Brook Lopez adequately. But if you can use him like here and there, spot minutes, he might be more useful. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Zach, you want to shift to the West? Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on the West? And I want to ask, I mean, it brought up an interesting point. Do you know how they decide to flex games on ESPN? Like when they make that decision and how? It's the NBA. It's, so like when Josh just always the NBA. Out, yeah. When Ja was calling us out, like that we, you know, flexed off of that game, it's the NBA who makes okay. it. I mean, obviously they're working with our programming team. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a decision. Like, you know, that there's, there's some numbers as far as like 
certain teams always like we have to have one national game and then there's like a cap of how many times you can show say a warriors or lakers games but um yeah that's uh they they're true the nba just like us and turner like we're all working to try to get the you know um most interesting games if you will um you know on national tv every night speaking of uh teams getting flexed out and then also tying this into uh your filipino <laughs> filipino love uh the rockets whooped the lakers the other night um jalen green had a career game which god damn it was exciting to watch but what are your thoughts on the Lakers? I mean, are, is there anything to salvage or is this thing done for the season? Look, I mean, you can go through all the things that people say, like you can never turn your back on LeBron, you know, like uh, if you have LeBron in your team, like uh, there's always a chance. Um, my take on the Lakers is it's, it's hard to watch Russell Westbrook become the scapegoat when the issue with that team is Anthony Davis, not saying that Anthony Davis has any control over when he gets hurt, but Anthony Davis was going to be the reason they won a championship. Mm -hmm. If they were contenders, Anthony Davis, as great as LeBron James is, is still is Anthony Davis was the difference maker in the West. He was the reason why they won in the bubble because him alongside LeBron James, and Anthony Davis has been hurt this entire season. So to put the blame on Russell Westbrook and because you have this assumption, a 37-year-old LeBron James team should still be a contender without a member of the 75th anniversary team, right. uh, like, you know, out the majority of the team. I just think it's displaced blame. Like, at least Russell Westbrook has been on the court. Now I know he's not a great fit, but he's been playing. <laughs> like he's been playing. Um, and I, that's my take. Like, I think, I think it's begins and ends with Anthony Davis has not been available for them. So, and when uh, he is, he plays great right before he got hurt. He was playing incredibly. I like that putting LeBron into that perspective like that. And that's kind of how I viewed it as well. It's like, yeah, he can't carry a 58 win Cleveland team like right. that with right. the Drunas Elagoskis as a second best guy that just can't happen anymore. So my thing is as well, though, you can't put LeBron at the same level we once had him at, which everybody's trying to do when he has a one-off 56 point game and the next game, he, I mean, there's, yes, he's, he's still typical more, great. He can be great. Yeah. Like yes. he's great in the light that James Harden has been great this year. In my opinion, it's like they've been great 80 to 90% of the time. And they're just, I mean, LeBron, especially he's 37 years old. I mean, we can't, you got to lower the expectations, but then you also got to lower who you're comparing him to. And in what light that's, well, that's just my thought. Even, I mean, and it's a bad that. roster. It's a bad roster. It's terrible. Like, that, that's what so, I was going to say. Sorry, go. No, it's so so it's like as good as LeBron can sometimes like carry teams, at least the roster was complimentary, you know? Like it's it it's not gonna work when he's playing center. Um and forced to play center. Right. It's just it's just a bad roster. It's an old roster. So not only is like his 37-year-old legs, and this is we knew all these problems, but we, you know, like we 
continue to sub- sub- subscribe to this. Young legs <laughs> and they didn't work or fit and it's a whole mess. Well, the thing for me is, so I, I agree with Cassidy, right? It's like the roster is just really not good. Um, youth or youth aside, age aside, they just don't defend man. Like the other night against the Rockets, yeah. they got DJ Augustine came in, gave him 16, four or seven <clears> from three. Austin Reeves, undrafted rookie, has been playing above his means, uh, you know, 17 and four, three of six from three. They're relying on Stanley Johnson, who hasn't been in the NBA in a while until this season. Um, like I just said, Austin Reeves, they're relying on Malik Monk, great offensive player, great spark, pl- spark plug. Defensively, not the same makeup LeBron has had on his championship teams. He's had three and D guys. He can then spread the floor, do what he does, kick it, and you know, work with, with a second star and just kind of dominate on offense. And then on defense, they're all over the place. And he's got guys like in the past Caruso, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and, and you know, uh, KCP and, and whoever else that could stick the yeah. perimeter and kind of hold that down. And but now you're not seeing that, you know. And then off, off the bench, they have zero firepower. I mean, Avery Bradley, yeah. like the corpse right. of Avery, Avery Bradley, uh, right. Kent Bazemore. Even Melo's been playing pretty well for his age, but Melo's, sure. yeah. you know, they're overplaying him. They're closing with him. And like you're, like Jalen Green said, the game plan was to, to ISO and attack Melo. And like it worked, right? So right. I think you're seeing those kinds of things kind of contribute to their downfall. I, I think everything that's been said about the Lakers, you know, is warranted. I, I think still feeling like they should be achieving a championship level is not warranted. Like I think Absolutely. we've got, I think we need to be past that point right now. Um, and but that's what, that's what happens I, when you're the King though. Yeah. Those no, are the expectations. He's just not and, the King and anymore. And I think people still, well, I wouldn't necessarily like say that. Um, I just think he may not be the best player in the league, but right. he's that's still, all I'm like, saying. that's all I'm he's, saying. He's still, the problem with LeBron is that like, when you, it's hard, like, He's saving those it's, legs to play with his son in a couple of years. You know, he's choosing. It's, it's, hard to sit in, it's hard to sit in economy when you've been, you know, sitting <laughs> in first class for so long. And then like, you're like, well, this is uncomfortable. Like uh, he's just mad the whole time. And so like, I just feel like his energy, you know, it's, it's um, you know, like he's at a point in his career where obviously legacy is front of mind constantly. And so when that reminder is over and over again, you see it, you see in how he posts on social media, you know, like show like always And he should, he should celebrate every milestone that he has. Um, but it's, it, it is evidence that he, that is front of mind. And so when they struggle like this, I, it, it could, you could see how it could carry over to the rest of the team because it's like, you guys are a part of, you know, contributing to my legacy. And so even if he doesn't say that it's, kind of, you know, understood when you're on a LeBron James team. And so that's, that's a, if you're not like a cohesive group, um, that can weigh on you heavy. And, I just hate you know, seeing them on a bad team. It just, yeah, sucks. I agree. <laughs> and playing, you know, right. and playing and on a bad team, like there's, you know, like before the bubble when he wasn't, you know, they were a bad team when he wasn't playing because he was hurt, you can just point to like, Oh, he's been hurt. You know, it's fine. It's like, you know, it's not a typical LeBron season. He didn't make the playoffs this year, but then he, he, he got hurt. This is now, this is going to be rough. Him playing the majority of the season and then, you know, maybe losing in the playing again. Like it's uh that's going to be tough. So let me uh, shift gears a little bit and, and kind of, I want to talk about the plan. Um, I, I want to talk about New Orleans and, you know, if Zion was to come back, what do you think is cooking there? Cause I think they're very intriguing McCollum, mm-hmm. 
Ingram, and then you add Zion to the mix. I mean, I think they, they could start surprising. Um, but I also want to ask your thoughts, and, and Zach, also curious to hear, to hear what you have to think about this since it involves the Timberwolves. The, the plan, right? Seven through 10. Right now, the disparity between Minnesota at seven and New Orleans at 10 is 10 and a half games. And I think at some point that gets a little absurd where you're basically penalizing Minnesota for having a pretty damn good season, their best season in a while, by putting them in a position where they could just get bounced in two games uh, if they get unlucky against a team that, you know, significantly underachieved compared to them. So kind of kind of curious to hear your thoughts on like that setup, if that needs to be changed or just overall what you think. Well, they have two games at, you know, um, it's not like it's one and done if they stay in that seven spot. Um, I think we all enjoyed the play in tournament last year. It was, I love for the fun. record. I like the plan. So like, I mean, it, it, there's always going to be some issue, you know, um, we see it in like all sports. You see it in college football. Like people want to expand mm-hmm. it to, to, you know, eight and then it goes to 12. Like, uh, we talk about it all the time in the NCAA tournament. Like I think, I think, having like two more teams possibly in the running. Like I think it, it, I think it makes sense. And it like adds a great drama to the end of the season. Cause like, you know, we, we kind of, we have like pseudo um, like play, play in games before that. Like w- didn't the Timberwolves you at the it. end of the, the year before they, you know, with Game the 82. Butler team. Yep. And so That's like right. and now, they got and the I, privilege to get thumped by Chris Paul and James Harden. That's correct. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Look at this rivalry between you two. Um, so I, to answer your question, I like the plan and I don't see glaring need to change it. Um, but you, just don't, you because, don't think like, that like, if let's say like if someone's 10 games above, then it's like the plan, you know, like you don't think there should be some qualification or anything like that. Like if like, like let's 10 say games above man would still probably usually get pretty rocked by the, two or the one seed. It's just history. So it's like, right. why not? Um, that's how I look at it. So you don't yeah, care why not? as a T-Wolves fan? No, I mean, I want like six seed or nothing. Cause if we're not the six seed, we're probably not going to compete anyways. That's just history. I mean, 10 games back is not like what's happening right now. It's four, right? Oh no. New Orleans is uh 10 and a half games back. Oh, okay. 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 I, so New Orleans is 10. Now Minnesota would play, I think the Clippers at eight. So. But the loser yeah, of that so, game then has to turn around and play. Yeah, you know. seven, eight, and then nine, ten. It, it's a fair question. I just, I, I really stand true to that point, just based on history and and the results we've seen. That's why I still can't be fully bought in on the Nets, even though I, I agree Kevin Durant can can beat anybody anytime, and Kyrie's electric in the playoffs. But I'm all for it because it's giving teams. Like the Pelicans making a win now move for CJ McCollum, shaking up the league. Right. And that's keeping the hopes of a huge fan base and the Lakers alive. Right. And then the Nets, when they go through this to a season, Agreed. So it only brings good things, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, because um, especially what we've experienced in the NBA over the last couple of years with, you know, like, do we remember how many, how many, like, guys were out with COVID at the beginning of this year, you know, and, um, like when Omicron hit, like, you know, we brought back like Lance Stevenson, like we were having a, you know, a tour of uh, guys who were, you know, completely out for, for, for years. Like that feels like a, a completely different season, but that was this season. And, 
I mean, it was this year, like 2022. Right. So it's just, Crazy. um, I just feel like this year and last year, the, the, if anything, that the plan really makes sense to allow those teams who, you know, overcome enough to get themselves close to the playoffs, um, to still have a chance as they're like rounding the form, being healthy. Like think about like, like we were just talking about the Celtics. They went through a lot of turmoil at the beginning of the season, um, whether it be injuries, whether it be um, COVID and then infighting and, and um, just uh, getting used to their new head coach. Like it, it takes a little bit, you know, especially with the turnover we're seeing with, with teams, head coaches and, and players moving different to different teams. Like I, I like giving those teams on the fringe, like a shot. And, you know, like if you can't, if you can't get it done in two games, um, then I, you know, I just think that you're outing yourself. <laughs> so like it is, it is what it is. And as a fan of a, a team that's tanking, I think it also helps because without the plan, you know, those teams, right. The Pelicans, um, you know, maybe probably not the Lakers given their situation, but the Clippers, yeah. whoever they, they are then incentivized to, you know, start shitting the bed. And so it kind of just gives you like this bad product of like exactly. half of the, right. Half the conference exactly. is just trying to get that pick. So, yep. so I'm with you. Um, yeah. And that, guys sitting out like, yeah. And that's, no and that's actually, the worst, right. When, yep. when stars start sitting and it's like late mm-hmm. in the season and then it really mm-hmm. contributes to the narrative of all oh, the regular season doesn't matter at all. And blah, yeah. blah. You know, yeah, so a couple more, we'll get you out of here. I know you got a hard stop coming up, but uh, with the season coming to an end here, uh, last basketball question, what has been your favorite storyline on the year? You think if you had to pick one, whether it be oh, DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. surging, let's say outside of the bulls. Yes. I will. <laughs> um, gosh, there's, I'm trying to think like my favorite story, the calves, maybe. Um, it's up there for sure. You know, like just their youth and like how surprising they've been. And like, even having them win the skills competition at the all at their, at, you know, in Cleveland. Um, and I, I, I love the new format of the skills competition, by the way, that was like, that was really cool. I hope they continue that. I mean, that for that to be the best event of Saturday night, (laughs) I was like, I was, you know, like, yes. All right. Maybe we're off to something good. And I felt um, the same way. Not so much. Not so much. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, like the best, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, as far as like Cleveland, maybe the best is just like the MVP race and how, um, international players are just dominating right now. It's amazing. With between Jokic MB, and Giannis. Um, to me and right now like i but oh. i also cover a lot of east coast games so i get right. to see a lot of front row to joel and to me he's like he's one one of if not the most dominant player in the league i know that's hard to say because a lot of people have Jokic ahead of him um and Giannis is making a push and obviously i have a special place in my heart for what demar's doing um, I, I, I just right now feel like Joel and it's hard because coming off of the performance last night, you know, like that was a, it was a big game. Like a lot of people base their, their votes on, on narrative. And there was only two games last night. 
um, and both Jokic and, and MB lost. Um, but uh, like if I had to lean between those two, which seemed to be the two front runners, I would go Embiid. But I, 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 when I do my, when I place my votes, I really like, I, I develop a twitch in my eye. Yeah. Cause like, I really um, <laughs> like dig in and I, I said my ballot at the very, very last second we do like me and Doris always kind of like go back and forth and we start the conversation, you know, probably starting now um, of like, which ways we're going just so we can really talk it out because it's nerve wracking. Cause these, these awards matter. Like uh-huh. these awards, not just matter in the grand scheme their, of their like, lives, their careers, their lives, get people, their careers. Get people paid too. That's exactly what I mean. You How know, long have you so, had a vote? Uh, six years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Embiid so. is my, is my MVP right now as well. Honestly. Um, that's- so I me, wanted to vote him last year, but I knew I couldn't. Well, if he didn't, I, I think he missed too many games that. last. I think he missed what? too many games last season. I can't remember. I he know, did. but if he had, if he had, if he had like like five more games, like I just. But again, I mean, I mean, look, Ben Simmons is out, so he hasn't had a running mate. Uh, he's missed some games, and what Philly's the two seed? Like, come on, and he's and he's playing out of his mind. Um, my, my thing out is, of his mind. Yeah, so I think everybody... my MVP. Sorry. Embiid is your MVP. I Embiid's mean, that- my MVP, and I was going to say my my favorite story of the year um, is the Grizzlies. John Morant. Yeah, that was oh, mine yeah. too. I was about to say that. Yeah, John Morant turning the Grizzlies around, and and also Cassidy. Earlier, you mentioned Spo as your coach of the year, and I yeah, I think I would go Taylor Jenkins personally. Um, that's, but that's tough. It's those two for me, though. It's one of those yeah. two. Um, what about Monty Williams? He just, yeah, I feel like team is so polished and so good. All they're perfect. Like it's the ultimate basketball so, puzzle, but like it, that was last year. He should have won last year. Now it's just, the team is just ready and polished and built. But isn't that coaching? Isn't that coaching? Hey, you're, I mean, you're right. If they do, is, if they finish one, if they finish as the one seed, especially with Chris Paul missing time, um, I think that's, you know, impressive in and of itself. Right. It's so 67 plus wins, which is, I say as historic as it gets, which they could get to, I mean, historic, you can say 60, 65, but if it's 67, you have to give it to them. I just don't think they're going to hit that number that, which would make me automatically give it to them. I'm probably leaning Spo or Taylor Jenkins is close, but Jimmy Butler's playing like 44 games this year out of the 68 and Tyler Hero being your best player most of the year, arguably as a six man. Yes. Bam. I would say is better, but I mean, it's been close. <laughs> Tyler hey, playing Hero. devil's advocate though. Phoenix will be the only 61 team this season. So that is also, yeah, they already clinched playoff spot. I, you know, I'm just saying like, I think a lot coach of the year along with MVP is always, it depends. There's so many different definitions of oh, for sure. how you view it, you know, with like Tibbs last year, it's just like, Oh, so surprising. Like, you know, look at what the Knicks are doing. Like Tibbs should definitely be coach of the year because, you know, no one thought the Knicks could be good. So, um, could you say that? J- I mean, I know Jamie Bickerstaff is like, you know, um, I mean, a lot of people be pick too, just because yeah. like, that's some people say, okay, who, who was, who sucked and now is good. Yeah. So like, that's coaching. <laughs> like, and so that's how some people go about it. Or you can look at it like Monty Williams, a head coach of the best team consistently from the jump. Um, how, do you, how do you go about it? I think I look at the, the season 
in totality and I see what the moves that, you know, Eric Spolstra has had to, to make and deal with um, and with guys in and out of the lineup and still being at the top. Um, I, yeah, I, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to say that that's like my full proof way I look at it. And I, I don't have like a, a standard, oh, you know, uh, criteria for both MVP and, and, um, and coach of the year. But I like, that's why I have to kind of like talk it through. Like yep. what's the more, what's the most convincing to me? No, um, I appreciate that. So I don't know. I'm already stressed out. You know what? I feel it in my <laughs> eye already. You know, what you're, you know what you're doing. Um, I, I appreciate you saying that though, because a lot of these voters, I mean, you have no idea why, why they're voting or how they're voting. And, um, there's a lot of pressure on you guys because it is public knowledge too. I'm sure yeah. many people have come at you in the past. Um, oh, yeah. but my thing is like the, what you just explained to me and how you vote for coach of the year. Now I'm not holding you to this. It's it, everything's open and it's going to constantly change, but like, it sounds different than how you'd vote for MVP because my reasoning, what you gave for coach of the year is how I would vote for MVP this year. I really, really hold tight on that word valuable, which Nikola Jokic, yes, all the advanced stats back him up. There's, I mean, the numbers, basic numbers for Joel Embiid yeah. back his case up and points per game. But like, I look no, at Jamal Alex, Murray. Mm-hmm. I look, yes, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., the second yeah. best player, Aaron Gordon. Has, is barely a top 70 guy in this league. Barely. Okay. To look at what he's done, about the exact same record, he's only a game and a half, two behind Joel Embiid. That's, that makes him pretty unanimous to me. But I like how Zach's so counted unanimous. all the way down to 70. Wait, unanimous. Like, to me, you just made an argument with like, ah, oh, okay. I think Joel can, I think Joel can still take it though. That is what I'm saying. It, just because the records but are then It's close. not unanimous, Zach. But right now it is, in my opinion. I don't. I don't think it's unanimous at all. I think it's a. I think it's a close race. A, yeah, I think it's a close race. I think it just depends on what you value. I mean, at the end of the day, though, what I would say is Embiid has endured the same shit that Jokic has in terms of not. I mean, Ben Simmons has been out, brother, and he doesn't well, Maxie have. Maxi is really, really good. Yeah, no, Tobias Maxie Harris up. is really, really um, good. But, but the distinguishing factor for me is, and I've always put a lot of weight on this for MVP. Man, you got to be. I mean, for me, you got to be top three, maybe top four, but six. You know, yeah, you know, and, and, and he's had, he's had Ben Simmons out and they're still number two and we'll see where they finish. But I mean, without, you know, we'll see though. Um, before we get you out of here, Cassidy, Zach, I think you had a couple career. Yeah, I mean, we went, we went a little we long. I know we're tight on time here. So, um, I was going to ask you a couple career questions, but I'll just ask yeah. you one or two here. Um, pretty simple. Who are some of your favorite players to interact with, whether it's sideline before game, after game, like, in your, in your past work and amongst all your interactions, who are some of the favorite guys you've had um, just interactions with? So my, my answer to this question is always um, Kyle Lowry, because from the beginning, like when I first started off as a reporter, um, you know, like he has been kind and there goes a long way when you can, like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't on big games or I was at the time when I was making a transition to sidelines, like hosting a, a late night NBA show. So, you know, no one saw me calling a game with Mike Breen and, and, you know, um, Jeff Van Gundy. So Kyle from the beginning always kind of 
help me feel comfortable because I was nervous making that transition. Um, and you know, always takes his time to give me the stuff that I, you know, I need and, and looks me in the eye, which is not the case with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, has always been kind to me throughout my career. Um, and so I always think about how he treated me at the beginning. Um, and you know, that hasn't changed. So he is someone who I really obviously enjoy interacting with. And he's just, he's just so fun and funny. Um, obviously LeBron, you know, like every time I get a chance to do a walk-off interview, it's not lost on me that like, you know, like this is, this yeah. is a huge moment. Like I grew up a Bulls fan and to think about like, what would have been like to interview Michael Jordan after like one of his incredible games. And like the thing about LeBron is that, you know, he's such a, he's such a pro and he knows and understands that those interviews are part of the game as well, you know, part of um, the context to the game. And you see it like he gives such thoughtful answers um, in those post-game interviews. And so, you know, I really, look forward to those, those times. And also like, I, you know, there's only going to be so many of those left. So obviously LeBron, um, and you know, I, th like those are the two that like, obviously are the first ones that come to mind, but, okay. um, yeah. Um, you know, I really like interviewing Zach Levine, not just because he's a Chicago bull, but, um, he's just a fun dude. He's yeah, he is. Um, and a nice guy and seems like a great teammate. So yeah, I think those would be, you know, the three first uh, guys that come to mind. No, that's great. Do you have any uh, really embarrassing moments that have stuck out, like one that throughout your career on the sideline? Um, that... Well, I mean, like um, there was one time, well, when I first, like my first ever time doing sidelines, um, cause I've mostly been a studio host, um, you know, for the majority of my career before I made the transition to sidelines covering the NBA and, you know, for ESPN, like I had only done sidelines once before oh, making that. Yeah. So I was like super, super, um, I thought crazy. it was a while longer than that. That's, yeah. Okay. No, no. Cause I was mostly in studio, um, for those like five years that I was at ESPN before making the transition. But the I the one other time I didn't did sidelines was for the Big Ten Network. I had no idea what I was doing. I think it was like twenty one <laughs> at the time. They were just like, "Hey, we need you to cover this Penn State basketball game for us." Um, I'm like, "Cool." Like, what do I? I have no idea what to do. Um, and I I thought that like part of my job as a sideline reporter was to like report on what was going on in the huddles, but I am the worst, the worst lip reader. Like, oh. and, and I have, like, I can't hear anything. Like, and so for me to like, so I'm like trying to stand near the, the huddle to listen in, can't make out anything. <laughs> Thank God for in the NBA, they do wired up. So they don't really need me to report on what's happening in the huddle on the NBA side of things. But, um, the, it came to a point where I was like, I can't hear a thing. And they need a report from me that I literally walked onto the court where they were like huddled up <laughs> and like with my reporter pad, like put my ear to what they were saying. Cause like, I was like, I need something. And the coach looked at me and was like, what are you doing? And then my producer was like, get out of their huddle. Oh my <laughs> and God. I like ran I'm like, uh, clearly, clearly green. Was all get out and had no idea what I was doing. So that, that still sticks with me. 
um, as far as <laughs> one of the mo- most, you couldn't imagine if I like just like waltzed up to like pops huddle. I was like, what's up guys? What are you saying? Get, get, you know, help me transcribe this. <laughs> That's wow. so funny. Um, Zach, any, anything else before we ask our classic question to end every episode? Go for it. This has right, been well, great, look, Cassie. We appreciate you going the distance with us. Yeah, we do. We really do. Thank you for spending the time. Um, obviously had a great time talking to you, so we appreciate your time and we end every episode regardless of who it is. Um, it's actually really funny because it's usually just NBA players giving us the answer and it's like the, the widest range of answers. But uh, if you could go to dinner with three people in history ever, dead or alive, doesn't matter oui. who are they and why. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Pensive, pensive thoughts. So like, I don't know if my answer is going to be that interesting. That's all right. Every, every answer is interesting. We got some, Corey Kispert's really like one of the guys he picked was an author, which who I've never heard of, which I thought was really interesting. Well, I just think, yeah, I I think it speaks to, you know, um, what, you know, matters to me the most, like celebrities and historical figures are cool. But I, I think that I would, um, the first person that I, would want to have dinner with would be um you can see him in the background right now it would be my husband's dad who i never met um he he would certainly be uh one person i'd want at the table um the other person would be um oh man <laughs> oh my Shout out to mr cassidy hubbard in the background by the way <laughs> Doing the dishes? Yeah. Is, that, is that what I want to see? <laughs> yes, those dishes? Yes, he's doing the dishes. I don't think he wants to. <laughs> the be man. Um, and um, so I, I, I didn't hear the second one. Who was the second one? Yeah, my my like my Lola, which is my grandmother, um, okay. who helped uh, r- raise me and my brothers with my parents. And then the third person, man, like I, I feel like I I need to have someone like famous in the mix, but I you no, know. And the third person would be, um, God, this is a really hard question. Even though like I've, I've heard this question before, but I've never really thought about it. Um, Don't worry. No, it takes, everyone sits there dead. and thinks about it for a while. Yeah. Dead people. Um, I know it's a tough one. Um, don't you're not in this podcast babe (laughs) (laughs) he's trying to give me some 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 uh some suggestions i got no one can i just like um music artist i mean anything presidents uh i don't know I don't even know. This is, this is very anticlimactic uh, answer to end Martha, Martha Stewart with all those knives. She's alive. There. Guy Fury. They could be dead or alive. They don't got to be dead. Oh, they could be dead or alive? Yeah. Oh, snap. I thought it was just dead. Oh, um, no, no. It could be anyone. I was like, this got real morbid. And I'm thinking of all the dead people in my life. And I'm like, Jeez, oh, no, I'm God. so I'm so sorry. No. no, that's me. Listen, good job, reporter. Listen to the question. Um, I guess an Obama. Okay. Okay. You know, that'd so, be a very like odd grouping, but I think we'd have a good time. So oh, I bet Obama would love those people. Grandmother, <laughs> yes. father-in-law, yes. Obama. There we go. There you go. I, and, you know, I, forgot, that. I forgot to ask this real quick. Uh, who's your goat since you're from Chicago? The greatest of all time. This is a longer conversation. It's obviously, I think 
it's Michael Jordan. He set in stone, but, but like to have, I, I respect anyone who feels it's, it's LeBron. LeBron. Of but course. What's well, one A and one B, but you well, know, I, like the one A, I just think, I think LeBron, Michael Jordan changed the game. For, Such a New Yorker. No, he changed the game for, for, for all time, you know, like for every, for, for the NBA, for superstars. And you can't take that away. And LeBron James, his ability to surpass the hype and live up to all the expectations that were put on him in the social media age. I like, I just don't like, I think that's set in stone. So to me, like their places are forever set at the, at the whatever Mount Rushmore, if you want to get into the sports talk radio, like, like use all those <laughs> terms, no doubt. No but, doubt. Um, but Jordan came first, like without, without, Jordan, there wouldn't have been the the hype that in the amount of hype that LeBron got, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. But at the end of the day, you're a Chicago win, so Chicago wins, right? So MJ it is. <laughs> yes. Um, as you said, as you said it. There you go. Cassidy, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. We wish you nothing but the best moving forward. And uh hopefully we get to do this again at some point. This was fun, guys. I like, finally came off of my um, caffeine uh, buzz and you know, let you guys, you guys let me. Yes, I'm going to crash. Maybe take an afternoon nap. Psych, that's not what parents do. Um, so, yeah, False. <laughs> I'm going to probably have a grande in a couple hours. Well, maybe we'll maybe see. Mr. Cassidy Hubbard can, you know, do some babysitting. And, and I'm can, saying, there you can go. you? The dude. I'm, sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, bro. I'm, I apologize for putting you. <laughs> no, but um, hey, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, when we Get, we'll probably get this out maybe Monday or Tuesday. And when we do, we will shoot it over to you. And, you know, appreciate so it. Shares and uh, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate you. Best of luck going thanks, forward. And guys. congrats on getting the bag recently, getting that long-term oh, deal. Yeah, we're no, we're nice stoked to, to see you much security. longer on TV. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's uh yeah. Well-deserved. Thank you guys. Thanks for thinking of me for this. Really um, appreciate it. And uh, it was really fun. Yeah. Be well. Take care. Okay, bye guys. Damn sick.